Well, good morning. Today we come to an encouraging and inspiring passage. It's in the book of Mark, Mark 10, 46 to 52. Would you open your Bibles and devices to that place? That's Mark 10, 46 to 52. And I invite you to stand as we read the word of the Lord. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we pray that you will speak to us this morning and meet us as we go through these wonderful passages. Direct the words of your servant who is quite nervous and in need of your help. And most of all, give us the grace to receive your word in our hearts. In Christ's name we pray, amen. You may be seated. In 1959, at the age of 18, with all the promise of a new uh, life, a bright future ahead of her, a young woman named Patience suddenly lost her vision in her left eye. It happened over a couple of days. About three months later, it happened again in her right eye, again over two or three days. And she was completely blind. A medical examination revealed that her sight was 7 over 200. Now that's the equivalent of 20 over 571. It was in each eye with evidence of atrophy of the central nerve in her eye. Doctors concluded that the cause of her blindness was juvenile macular degeneration, a relatively rare disease, one that is not uh, medically correctable even today. She was so legally blind that she couldn't even distinguish light from darkness. So she learned to walk with a white cane, the, cane, the uh, international symbol of blindness, and she learned braille. And although her world had collapsed at the age of 18, she made the best of it. She ended up marrying a young pastor and then giving birth to a daughter both of whom she had never seen before. One night, 12 years later, as the couple was going to bed later than usual, her husband got down on his knees to pray, and she laid down on the bed. 
Patience describes as they both began to cry as he prayed with a hand on her shoulder and her stretched out on the bed. With great feeling and boldness, he prayed, Oh God, you can restore eyesight tonight. Lord, I know you can do it, and I pray you will do it. At the close of the prayer, Patience opened her eyes, and for the first time she saw her husband kneeling in front of her. It was the first clear visual perception she had had in nearly 13 years. And for the first time in her life, she could see what her husband and her daughter looked like. Subsequent eye exams showed that with uh, lenses, her vision could be corrected to 20 over 30 and 20 over 40. Not perfect, but perfectly good to live life. Years later, a team of specialists who want to study the effects of prayer in healing reviewed all of her old medical records. They ruled out psychosomatic illnesses and causes and verified the original diagnosis. Her recovery was not only unexpected, it was believed to be impossible without a miracle. She and her husband, now elderly people, to this day continue to praise God and to, that she has recovered her sight and continue to follow him in their church and in the local community. Now today, we get to visit another miraculous healing as Jesus is on the way from Jericho to Jerusalem and he encounters a blind beggar named Bartimaeus. It's important to remember that Jesus is going to Jerusalem for the last time. He's not just attending Passover. He intends to be sacrificed to, on the cross of Calvary voluntarily in fulfillment of his ministry as the incarnate Son of God. Everything he has done up till now has been pointing to this direction. It's also important to remember that all along the way to Jerusalem, his disciples have demonstrated a lack of understanding about the kingdom of God, a sort of spiritual blindness, if you will. You may recall in um, recent weeks as we've been preaching, Jesus had to rebuke his disciples for not letting children come near him for blessings, even though the kingdom of God is for people like this. Jesus also had to correct the confusion about who could be saved when the disciples learned that the rich young ruler might have a difficult time getting into the kingdom of God. And after Jesus explained that he was going to be um, condemned to death, he was going to be executed, and that he would rise three days later, he still had to contend with James and John who were jockeying for position of of privilege in the kingdom of God. In short, Jesus is on the way to fulfill his entire mission. And after three years, his disciples still aren't quite sure what that mission is. They just don't get it. Well, today we find Jesus passing through Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd of people. As they leave the city, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, is sitting by the roadside, and he hears that Jesus of Nazareth is coming. Just imagine this scene. Jesus is surrounded by his disciples 
and a great crowd of people, all of them just jostling just to get near him or to hear what he might be saying. Some of them may be wanting something from him. Others may just be curious because they've heard about him and they just want to get close and see what he's like. Can you hear the buzz of people talking as they move towards Bartimaeus? The noise of so many sandals clapping on the dirt road? It's a dusty road, and they have 15 miles to go before they get to Jerusalem, and everyone is focused on Jesus. And there's blind Bartimaeus, sitting by the roadside, hearing them all approach, but unable to see any of them. This is the biggest event he's had for a long time. After all, a blind beggar in those days did not do much, did not go many places. He probably sat there with his cloak spread out on the ground so if someone passed, threw some coins down, he'd be able to find them by gathering up his cloak. Local people all know him. He's a fixture there. They're so familiar with him that few people probably even pay attention to him. He's just part of the scenery to them. But this day is different. Jesus is coming. And although they can't, although he can't see him, Bartimaeus has heard about him. Maybe he has heard that Jesus is the Messiah. He has probably heard miracles about lepers being healed or the lame beginning to walk. And if he has heard that Jesus has healed blind men, well, this is a day Bartimaeus wants to encounter Jesus. Our passage doesn't say or explain how Bartimaeus came to know about Jesus. Blind men don't get around very much in the first century. But we can surmise that Bartimaeus had a good idea who Jesus was because he addressed him as Jesus son of David, a reference to the Jewish Messiah. And now as Jesus and the crowd are coming towards him, he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those in the crowd began to rebuke him. In fact, the Bible says many rebuked him. Can you just hear them? Hush up. Be quiet. Don't make such a noise. And all of this would have been delivered in disdain because he's a lowly beggar and they don't have much use for him. And he's making a scene as Jesus is coming. Some of them probably just knew that Jesus was way too important for a beggar to get in the way and to be cry out like this. Silent. Be silent. Stop causing such a commotion. And what did Bartimaeus do? Did he heed their words and keep quiet? No, of course not. Scripture tells us that he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Was Bartimaeus being rude? Hardly. Instead, Bartimaeus was a man who knew his need. He knew his desperate circumstances. And he believed he knew who Jesus was. The Son of David. The Messiah the man about whom he had heard so much, the one and only one who could meet his need, heal his blindness, and make him see again. Under these circumstances, Bartimaeus was not about to be quiet. And Scripture tells us that Jesus stopped. 
even though Jesus had 15 miles to go until he got to Jerusalem, and even though he was going to fulfill the greatest mission of his entire existence on earth, Jesus stopped for Bartimaeus. And in a mild rebuke of the crowd, he urged Bartimaeus, excuse me, uh, in a mild rebuke to those in the crowd who were urging Bartimaeus to, Bartimaeus to keep quiet, Jesus said, call him. Now notice, Jesus did not speak directly to Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus. He instead spoke to the crowd, to those who had been telling him to be quiet, to correct those in the crowd who thought Bartimaeus was unimportant. Our passage says that they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up, he is calling you. What a change of attitude. The lowly beggar was about to become the focus of everybody's attention. And Bartimaeus threw off his cloak, sprang up, and came to Jesus. Can you just see that? If his cloak had been on his shoulders, he just tossed it to the ground. If it had been spread out on the ground to collect coins, he just thrust it aside. Either way, he didn't struggle to get up. The Bible says he sprang up, and probably he came to Jesus as fast as any blind man can move. As far as Bartimaeus was concerned, Jesus, the son of David, had just stopped and directed all of his attention to him. Our text tells us that Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? Now, it's worth pausing here for a minute to reflect and note that this is the exact question, word for word, that Jesus asked James and John when they wanted to have uh, whatever they wanted granted by Jesus. It's also worth noting that this question, and one similar to it, is the kind of question that Jesus asks of everyone who calls on him and cries out for mercy. It's the kind of question a servant of all would ask. It's the kind of question that would be asked by he who would be first by being last. It's the question said of the Son of Man who came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And it's the question Jesus asked out of love and compassion. What do you want me to do for you? Bartimaeus replies, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. He asked Jesus with respect by addressing him as rabbi. And unlike James and John, who should have known better, who wanted glory for themselves, Bartimaeus simply asked Jesus to meet his need. And that's what Jesus did. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately Bartimaeus recovered his sight and followed Jesus on the way. How are we to understand and apply this story of Bartimaeus to our lives? First of all, we should note that Mark chapter 10 has all been about the kingdom of God. Jesus instructs us to be childlike in our faith. He has told us that those who idolize wealth, or anything else for that matter, will have a hard time entering into the kingdom of God. And he has also told us that if we are expecting to promote our own glory, like James and John, well, we have a big problem. 
Second, the story of Bartimaeus can be applied to us by using three principles involving the kingdom way of seeing. Let's consider two situations, people who are not Christians and people who are Christians. First, the kingdom way of seeing and seeking mercy is by persistent faith. If you are someone who does not yet know Jesus as your Savior, you may be someone who is seeking the truth and trying to discover what relevance, if any, Jesus has to you. You might also be someone who has never heard much of anything about Jesus at all, and you're just curious. Or you could also be someone who's had unsatisfactory church experiences sometime in your past, and you're leery of people who self-describe as Christians and wonder if Jesus is real given all your experiences in the past. In each of these cases and in other circumstances similarly, it's likely that some form of blindness, spiritual blindness, is an imposition to faith. Bartimaeus shows that we cannot come to Jesus without persistent faith. Now Bartimaeus cannot see Jesus because he does not have physical uh, sight. He was physically blind. In our case, we live in a different age, so we can't see Jesus either. It's not likely he's going to come walking down a road anytime soon so that we can have an encounter with him. Like Bar Bartimaeus, non-believers and those who are seeking the truth need to find a way to learn about Jesus now. A good way to start is to read the four Gospels. They were written by disciples of Jesus or associates of disciples. The authors of the Gospels were in a position to testify from their own personal knowledge or the personal knowledge of people that they knew well. We did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty, 2 Peter 1.16. Unlike Bartimaeus, un excuse me, unlike us, Bartimaeus did not have gospel testimony to read. What he learned, he heard on the street. But we can read Jesus' own words and direct testimony derived from the disciples who actually knew him. Reading the gospels is like reading the transcripts of a court trial as the witnesses tell you exactly what they personally saw and what they personally experienced. In order to exercise faith, we not only have to discover the truth, but we, like Barnabas, we have to be persistent because there are always people, there's always a crowd around that wants to shut us down. Many times those people haven't even read the evidence for themselves. Jesus himself promised all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. John 6, 37. But what about of those us, of us who are already Christians? Well, we also need to pursue Jesus with persistent faith. We are told to take up our cross daily and follow him. We too need to ignore the crowds who can't figure out why we're so consumed with this Jesus. And he reminds us again, whoever is ashamed of me and of my words of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed 
when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Mark 8, 38. Second, the kingdom way of seeing is in response to the call of God. Before Bartimaeus could spring up and come to Jesus with his plea for mercy, Jesus first called him. It is God who initiates our relationship, exercising his sovereign will through his grace to those of us who belong to Christ. When Jesus asked the question, what do you want me to do for you? He was, ex he was extending grace to Bartimaeus. Grace is the unmerited favor of God. We can know God only because he graciously planned from eternity past to reveal himself to us. He did it in a personal way through Jesus. The kingdom way of seeing is by grace offered through the call of Jesus and then exercising faith that we are given. For those of us who are already Christians, we receive the call of Jesus in our daily lives. because we are reminded, <clears throat> for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, Ephesians 2.10. And third, the kingdom way of seeing allows us to follow Jesus. Scriptures tell us that no sooner had Bartimaeus asked Jesus to recover his sight, but Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately, he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Now, did you catch that? Scripture tells us that Jesus told him to go your way. He didn't say, follow me. Yet that is exactly what Bartimaeus did. Immediately, he followed him on the way. Evidently, Barth Bartimaeus' spiritual eyes were opened as well as his physical eyes. And his outward healing reflected his inner salvation. Bartimaeus could have gone his own way, but he chose a better way. He could have gone his own way and drifted, drifted through life, doing what seemed good to him in his own eyes, but he chose to follow Jesus on the way instead. I know a man who believed in Christ from his childhood. He was active as in church. He was, as a teenager, he held leadership in positions in a youth group. He sang in a choir. He read his Bible faithfully cover to cover. He had a meaningful prayer life. He shared the gospel with others from time to time. Now, as it happened, when he went to college at the age of 18, he looked for but could not find a suitable church within walking distance, although there were several churches not of his denomination which he could have attended. Instead, he decided to practice his faith on his own, and for the next eight years, became progressively preoccupied with his studies on an undergraduate and graduate level and less concerned with God. By the time he finished his education, he had met and married someone who was not a Christian. It didn't seem all that important to him at the time. But 13 years later, after his marriage was in crumbles, divorced, depressed, raising two children as a single father, he began to remember how important it had been for his faith when he was a teenager and before he went to college. In effect, although he knew Jesus and believed in him, this man had gone his way. He had done whatever seemed good to him in his own eyes, 
and he had drifted aimlessly more than 20 years in self-imposed blindness. For this man, like Bartimaeus, the story ends favorably. It ends well. He came to his senses, repented of his drifting, and followed Jesus ever since. I know this story because I am that man. I also know that Christians can drift through the and life and barely follow Jesus if they are following him at all. Bartimaeus chose a better way, and the Bible says he followed him on the way. The phrase on the way does not, does not mean only that he followed him along the road, although it does mean that as well. In the Old Testament, it means God's way of keeping commandments. In the New Testament, it describes a manner of thinking or a journey. Deuteronomy 8, 5, Acts 8, 16, 18, it's all over. In the early church, the way was a common reference to the teachings of Jesus in Acts 19 and 24. In any event, having recovered his sight, Bartimaeus also received his salvation by grace through faith in Jesus. Now, for the new Christian, for the person who is new in Christ, Bartimaeus shows that we need to have a persistent faith here, too. It's a faith that leads us to follow Jesus with an attitude of praising God. For the Christians who have been Christians for a while, for the person who has been a Christian for a while, Bartimaeus demonstrates that we should follow Jesus on the way and not drift through life by going our way, even when Jesus may seem to permit it. The better way is Jesus' way. And for the non-Christian who does not yet know whether or not he belongs to Christ, if you hear the call of Jesus and cry out to him, Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me. He will remove your blindness, and you too can follow Jesus on the way. Whether we are Christians or not, whether we are following Jesus on the way or not, in a sense, we are all Bartimaeus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the grace you give by your sovereign will and for the call of Christ to those who belong to him. We pray that your spirit will continue to direct our paths, whether we are not yet believers or whether we are believers following Jesus on the way or are only drifting and need to repent and follow him more faithfully. Lord, we need to call upon Jesus and cry out for mercy, asking him to meet our need. And we thank you for Bartimaeus, the blind beggar, who shows us the true way. Lord, give us each sight and meet our need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.